All right, and happy Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to episode number 67 of Fresh Monday's podcast. You have your hosts, Diana and Marley. Hi, guys. Uh, last episode, by the way, was kind of reminded me or like let me know of the things that I've kind of accomplished or like the people that I've met or kind of real really like, you know, like you're in the right bubble, like in the right circle of people in a right. sense. So that last week's episode, I just wanted to share that with everybody that right. I've, uh, I was excited about last week's episode. And what you know what? I think it's pretty interesting as like, I'm sure our listeners may have the same experience, but as you know, since we're in two different states, I listen to what's going on in your life and you listen to what's going on in mine. And as an audience member, you know what I mean? Like listening to what you're going through, it seems like you met like gems while you've been in Seattle. You know what I mean? Super gems. Yeah. Super gems where like, if I do decide to move or like move away, you'll be like, damn, do you really find cool people or like gems like that in other places? Or is is it just because of this weather and the atmosphere? (laughs) No, I mean, it could be that your energy is attracting that too. I do believe that sometimes, um, you know, we subconsciously seek relationships with people that match our vibe at that moment. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like, even if it's negative, you know what I mean? Like, there's times that you meet a person at that time that encourages the negative behavior because you're kind of seeking that in a sense. So that may just be a reflection of the fact that you're just like in a very productive state of your life. And you've met like a lot of people that are kind of on the same wave. You know what I mean? So I like that's what I've noticed. Yeah, I've noticed that like the trend in your Seattle experience is like, and a lot of them have even been guests here. So that's why I say that. It's like, wow, like these people are like hungry for life. You know what I mean? Like they want more. They want to like make an impact somehow. Everyone is kind of on the same path in some sort of way, different areas, but like in the same path of like grinding mode, creative wise, like on it. Right? right like they're Carla not a, was a perfect example of that yeah and not afraid to share not to not afraid to bring others in rile right. others right not afraid to be like completely shameless in whatever they're doing like they're just gonna let it all out there let it be known so right. it's always been pretty cool uh yeah so shout out to carla for episode 66 uh photo unique and latina makers club and finding other latina women latinos in general in the city of Seattle, <laughs> the corporate world, city of Seattle, it's just not easy to come by. And granted, I mean, there's not a lot of Caribbean people like myself, like Dominican in that right. sense, right? right? So I don't think there's many Caribbeans in the West Coast, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like a little far from the Caribbean. <laughs> it's you know more I mean? than a little far. <laughs> it's 24 hours to get, like I've tried to look up a flight from here to DR um, and that, I would have to land in Miami. Right. If I get lucky with a nonstop flight from here to Miami. Right. Right. If not, you have to get a stop flight, which usually you can end up traveling for 11 hours just to get to Fort Lauderdale, Miami. Wow. And from there, take the flight that takes you to DR. Which is at least two and a half hours, three hours or something like of that nature. Yeah. And wow, that is one heck of a journey. It is. It is. It's a, it's toll take, like it takes a lot on you. And you have to be like, I'm sure I want this trip and this is where I want to go. <laughs> right. Right. It's kind of like the way we feel about going to Hawaii on this side. Like, we're just like, Hawaii, like, that's like oh, at least 10 days off of work. 
like it's so far like I'm not gonna just be there for three days you know what I mean and here going to Hawaii is the common trip right if you're gonna go somewhere which I myself I have it on my bucket list that I need to go to Hawaii during my time here on this side of the world I've heard many beautiful things about Hawaii the only thing the only negative I've heard is that the food is very expensive really yeah and you know you have to kind of when you travel often you have to think about the budget you're going to spend on food so I, I hear that food is like pricey so you kind of have to incorporate that into your experience could it be because it's fresh food like fresh fish like fresh seafood or I mean, your guess is as good as mine or maybe or, everything's imported imported and very difficult like here yeah i buy a plantain and that costs you know how you have over there like four for a dollar yeah right like un platano is like four for a dollar over here two for two for like 150 wow okay. which is like it's pricey in the general sense um right like, especially because it's something that's a vivid like it, you wouldn't expect that to be something expensive vietnamese culture uses it often so it's easy to find but kind of hard to come around but yeah uh i definitely want to travel to hawaii if anyone has any you know free tickets buddy passes to send me to hawaii i have not seen the sand or the beach in a while or some water i you how pale i am you can see it on camera pretty light skin i've lost all color all melanin has disappeared from inside my body and out like does not exist i need to soak up the sun but yeah and how are you feeling? Just your weekly follow-up. Um, I am in a positive upward trend, which is always good. Um, you know, I have my low days, my bad days, my good days. But overall, I'm very, very grateful for the fact that, you know, I every day is a small improvement of some kind. I'm, I'm starting to do a little more stuff outside and I'm getting some sunlight. As I mentioned in the beginning, you know, you have to go outside and experience the weather and enjoy it. Because when you're indoors for such a long time, you really just miss fresh air. So, you know, that's really a positive thing. And um, let's see, hopefully I'll be uh, back to my normal self a little sooner than later. Yes, and continued prayers and support and thoughts for you as you continue the journey of recovery. Thank you, thank you. And so as we go into our next, or this episode, uh, we are going to be talking to an old coworker of mine, friend of mine, his name is Michael Wong. He is absolutely hilarious, like out flat out hilarious for me, like it's in a workspace. <laughs> and um, he has, with a group of friends, has developed a company called Pika that focuses on uh, taking children books and helping literacy within uh, school areas with low reading scores and those kind of things and has converted storybooks to become uh, VR. So virtual reality. Mm-hmm. And so it helps with kids literacy and things like that. He'll explain it better than I can, but I've always thought it was really dope and it's taken him big places and big things happening for him. So we're going to get in the call with Michael and learn more. Sounds like we're talking to the future here. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Michael. Absolutely. Thanks for making time, both of you. I know, especially uh, Diana, you and uh, the East Coast. Thanks for making time for this. Oh, my God. Absolutely. It's an honor to speak to people that live out in such a different state and learning what you guys have to say. We love it out here. They eat it up in Miami. They love hearing about you guys. Oh, great. That's awesome. Awesome here. 
Um, Michael, we wanted, I reached out to you because you're doing something near and dear to me because I've worked with children before in the past. So, Mm -hmm. and with children with special needs was my main focus. And so seeing the work that you've been doing lately has been so fascinating to me and I want to support you you 100%. And I was like, he has to be on the show because that's the only way you show support is sometimes doing trade-offs, right? Like whatever you have to offer bring that person in. So go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners and all the Fresh Monday crew, what you have going on, what you have going on, and let us know more about uh, Pika. Thank you, Marley, for the introduction. And Diana, thank you for having me as well. Um, Hello to all the Fresh Monday podcast listeners. Also, all the OG uh, Messy Monday podcast listeners. Hello as well. Shout out to you. Thanks for having having me. My name is Michael Wong. I am the founder and CEO at Pika virtual reality where we make picture books come to life uh, in VR, all on a cell phone actually. So it started in 2016, um, feels like a long time ago. Um, my cousin Samari, he hates to read. Uh, he was 10 at the time. Um, in fact, he would do his reading assignments with me on the phone while, again, he's in California and I'm in Washington. Uh, I was an English major. I went to school in California and I really wanted to work at Disneyland. I did that. So these two worlds kind of combine uh, where I, I want to make Disneyland rides and also I want to help my cousin and kids like him read or enjoy reading. So I'm like, dude, how, how can we help kids get into the pages of these books that they like to read a lot like a ride and kind of let the stories happen to them? Uh, I would feel like not only would they enjoy reading a little bit more if they could do that, but also they might remember more of what happens when the story is happening to them and they're inside the pages. So um, at that time, I just learned about virtual reality. In fact, I have a lot of these things near me, but this is an Oculus Quest. The first iteration of this comes out in 2015, 2016. Super awesome, amazing. I get my first taste actually of VR in a Google Cardboard headset, but wow, VR is here, it's 2016. And I'm like, oh wow, this is what I was asking for. You know, I can't make Disneyland rides out of these books in real life, but I could do it all in virtual reality if I learn how. Uh, so super green, at the time, again, English major, social media manager at the time. Um, I figured out, I was like, Hey, these Disneyland rides for books need to happen. Um, I kind of just pulled all the smartest people together that I could, um, knowing that we couldn't use Oculus Rifts because one, they're $600 a piece and you need a $2,000 computer to power that stuff. Now, while somebody like me, a young man might be able to afford that new family, like these kids aren't going to have opportunities to have, you know, access to this awesome technology, even if I build it. So we figured out how to use phones. So, you know, again, my first taste of virtual reality was on a phone and I was like, well, what? So again, I call everybody I know who might know something about this. Um, we're able, fast forward a little bit, able to put together one page of one picture, a real life picture book um, so for a proof point. And I shopped that around everywhere. I, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the inception of Pika. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mobile application um full of these virtual reality picture books that helps kids jump into the pages of their favorite stories um and we're kind of just everything's kind of congealing together i think you know marley said in the beginning she's kind of seeing all these things going on just happening recently so i'm really excited yeah thank you major he was at i forgot what state it was but you were at south carolina south carolina capital i'll tell you i'll tell you a little bit about that so for about two years Again, we started in 2016, and between 2016 and, and really the end of 2018, Pika, after we make our first book, again, we're, we know we want to be a mobile app. We don't have much money. We didn't raise a lot of money to start with. We only raised $60,000, and when you're green, nobody can code on your team. You spend that pretty fast, I'll tell you that, and so we do. We make this one page of this book, and we even start paying ourselves a little bit, my, just my starting team. 
um, wrong. Um, we spend the next two years trying to raise money for Pika, the idea, which was, it's funny enough, not much has changed since the day I came up with this in May of 2016, where it's still the same business model and a lot has proven out the right way. But again, we're trying to sell this on one page in virtual reality and makes people see the full picture that's so emboldened in all of our brains, right? That was the wrong move in retrospect. Thankfully, in about 2018, April, we go, if you've ever been here in Seattle, there's something next to the Space Center called the Pacific Science Center, a pillar of Seattle. It's a children's museum, a family science museum. So we go there asking for money, in fact. Who, who weren't we asking for money in 2017 and 18? But they said, hey, we don't have money for you, but you know, we just started this thing called the Startups in Residency, um, where basically they're inviting Seattle startups to kind of show off what they're doing at the, at the Science Center. That's where we met. This is why I'm saying this. This is where we met um, people from South Carolina, Jasper County. So we're doing our demos. We did about 100, and we still do about 100 demos a day of Pika, only in a couple hours out in the Science Center. Now we have our own exhibit. But at the time, this group of five folks comes up, um, you know, three kids and two adults, and the kids are doing their thing. It takes about 15 minutes to do our book. Um, and the adults come up and say, wow, one, we've, we're from South Carolina. We've never seen kids engage with like reading materials like this before. She starts to tell me more. Her name is Jackie, if I refer to her later. She says, hey, um, South Carolina is 49 out of 50 in the nation for reading scores. Um, wow. And that's pretty terrible, that's especially terrible. because, right, that's, that's bad. And, and our, yeah. our use case right here in Seattle, top flight. And we're also working with private schools in Seattle as well, where we thought that's going to be some of the more parents are prioritizing their money at private schools, right? Mm -hmm. So in, in Jasper County, this is December 2018, very recently to us, everything changes. Because like you said, Marley, they invite us. This is in July at this point. They say, hey, we want you to launch Pika in Jasper County, South Carolina. In my mind, like I told you, we're trying to build an app. Like we're moving towards building an app. And at the time we meet her, we're building and we have built, uh, or we're building another book, I should say, because we've already finished our first book. That's all we have though, is this book and no, no app. But she's like, hey, we want you to launch, whatever that means, launch in South Carolina by the end of the year. We do that. This is a big deal though. And I want any entrepreneur who's listening to this to understand how big of a, of a luck grab this was and why you always need to be putting yourself in a situation where you can get the kind of surface area. Because we, they fly us to South, this is December. They fly us to South Carolina, me, Hunter and Alex, these are my co-founders. They have an independent instructor who has basically said, we're gonna do all of your research for the, for the district wide uh, and we're paying her a full year salary to do this. Okay, now Pika doesn't have revenue. Any, any tech entrepreneur, anybody who's worked in VC understands a lot of tech companies raise money pre-revenue, mm -hmm. but obviously once you're in revenue, it's a, it's a big difference. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm like, hey, we have this opportunity to put the books in the schools. The reason we're in schools at all is so people can eventually download the app and do it at home, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have the app yet. So I'm like, all right, what are we gonna do with the schools? My two co-founders um, who are very smart money guys, I'll say that that way. Um, I would have given it for free. I'm like, yo, let's give this opportunity at these, you know, less than privileged schools. Let's, let's give Pika for free somehow. They figure out a way to make them pay. And because it was an outside organization making the schools or supporting the schools, the price didn't matter. So this is what happens. We're selling the schools an on-ramp for virtual reality education. This is bigger than Pika because anybody who has multiple virtual reality kind of projects is able to work with these schools now. It's a headphone, sorry, it's headphones, a phone and a mobile headset. Mm -hmm. In addition, we're also selling con content licenses 
uh, to these schools for the books that we have. We don't have an app yet, so we're just downloading them locally to the phone. So let me let me pause you right there. When you say the books, are these books that are already proven, or you guys have your own original content? That you oh, that's a great question. That. Let me show you what I'm talking about right now. The art looks like in the book, right? So what we do is we take the art from the book, and just like a Disneyland ride, we kind of put you in the scenes of the book. Right. And so every page, yeah. that Ooh. scene comes to life, and you can be in the scene. In this particular scene, you're going to see a dragon on the left. Right, but I'm, like, fascinated. I guess I'm not, like, techie enough oh, okay. to understand so, how you make this move from a book oh, that's, like, question. a still image. So I know y'all saw, like, Reading Rainbow, right? So yeah. what I was very interested in when I used to watch Reading Rainbow is how they, LeVar Burton, could voice over a story, and they would show you these pictures of the, the illustrations of the story, but somehow those illustrations would just move just a little bit. Like that animators that would just move that a little bit. That's a big concept that we're pulling here and using here in Pika, where we take the actual art. So we have a number of animators take the art from the book. Um, a lot of times the illustrators will just give us the actual files that they made and they animate different parts of it. So we use this pro program called Unity. It's actually what video games are made out of, Unity or Unreal Engine. And so if you can imagine um, for a moment, if you look look down at your kind of tabletop, like it's a it's a whole spatial world that you build and you may put a camera right here in the front. But yeah. in Unity, you're kind of putting these things all around. So we might have a flat page, but we might make that have some depth and we're moving you through that scene now because we can do that with Unity. So just like a video game, how if you're making a video game, you're kind of looking at it from a worldview similar here. So we take the assets from those books like the, the different art pieces and we, yeah, we just put them in Unity. I, I think that's probably the best I way. And, and so, so yeah. I think so it's fascinating. Is, thank you. So these, there's three things that are happening. I'll, I'll play this while, we're, while I'm talking. So in the middle of your vision is this yellow dot, okay? Is this yellow dot. And while and the head's not moving now, every time you move your head, that yellow dot is always in the center of your vision. What's important about that in virtual reality is we're making that kind of like your computer mouse. So with that dot, you get to hit the star. So kids, it's as young as two years old at Pacific Science Center, you just teach them once and they'll do the whole book by themselves. Yeah. So they use this yellow dot, hit the stars. When they hit the stars, it reads to you one and the words come out two and then all the things are happening around you three. So instead of just reading that the dragon reward, you're going to hear it. I know you didn't hear it just there, but you're going to see it and hear it. Um, that's, that's a bulk of what it means to be in a book on Pika. Now, to answer one so of your questions, Diana. Yeah, go ahead. I have a follow-up question as well. Yeah, it's how this works is with a cell phone, my phone on me? No. On a cell phone, and why this is possible is, is the same technology that makes um, GPS possible on a phone. I'm seeing whatever I'm looking at, like at whatever point in virtual reality world that I'm looking at, because I build that yeah. 360 world around me. I hope that makes sense. Talking yeah, I about played the, like, the video game. I get, I get like the video games, like it's pretty cool. Like when you shoot the bow and arrow and stuff like that, sure. like you get to kind of like, even you start sweating. Cause it's like, you're like doing it for real. Like I get what you're saying. And that's that. So the, the, the center um, yellow button that you were talking about, that's there facing you. When you reach the star, does it read it out loud to you? Is that like, yeah, so the kids are hearing the story be read? Yeah. And I wish, I wish it was playing the sound as well, but there's, in fact, for that scene you just saw, there's four audio tracks. There's one for the music track underneath, and this is specific to every scene. There's audio cues, so like the dragon roaring, right? And there's also like cave dripping, that's, that's, that's an ambient sound. And then the fourth is the narration. 
So we worked with the author to get uh, a narrator to, again, do be the narrator for each and every one of these scenes. And that's also the narrator for the ebook. Um, but yeah, so a specific narrator for all the scenes um, in Pika. So you're being read to, and you could also just not listen to the audio as well. A lot of parents talk to us about wanting to do that. Um, right. So here's so, my, my question on the education please. level. Um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I just want to have an understanding. Is this going to hinder children? Because you know that one of the concerns that society has right now is that kids are too involved in the, the tech space and they're not using their own imagination when they're not necessarily you know sounding out the words themselves because everything is being fed to them is this actually working in a way that is more productive for the children who have lower reading levels than they should be at like can you ex expand on that on the education side of it absolutely um it's multifaceted as well diane and i'll i'll struggle from three different sides um first and foremost our three goals of education is especially with books is comprehension, retention, and, and, and engagement. I'm gonna start with the last one. This is something we found. We did not see this at all in Seattle, but we saw it a lot, a lot in first and foremost in Jasper County, engagement. A big hunch of ours before we started making this and putting it in schools was, we think this is gonna help kids engage further with text. That was, that's actually, I'm gonna leave it there. It was a very high level thought. We think that by being engaged with the book further and the franchise further, you might be more engaged and wanna go to read a book more. This is how we expanded on that in Jasper County. Well, I'll start in Seattle. We put these headsets and these, some of these kids in, in testing with these private schools in Seattle. Um, they like it, but these kids are very smart. And I'll tell you, I'll define how smart they are to the point where their, their reactions to the book is, yeah, it was cool. I didn't really like the font though. Okay. <laughs> like it, it was really like, like that kind of that level of review. In Jasper County, where again, reading scores are 49 out of 50. In Jasper County specifically, in a state where kindergarten is not uh, mandatory, kindergarten readiness in Jasper County is 11%, dude. So wow. they need help. This is what happens when we go to Jasper County. I have the pic, and we can throw some pictures up here. I don't know, but we they, they'll, we'll put a headset on all these kids. We'll put a book in front of all of them. The kids will do the thing, and they're talking to their friends, and now wow, 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 boom. They'll throw the headset off, and again, this is just. This is the book in virtual reality. It's like you're in the pages. It's not like extra games yet or anything. It's so it's very close to the book. So they'll take the headset off and they'll go, dude, boom. They'll go right to the book and they'll start showing people, yo, I like this one or I didn't like this or I remember this part. That was a big eye opener for not only Pika, but all the educators in the room who realized there's not a thing I've ever had done here that's going to make one of these kids pick up these books, show it to their friend. I want to answer your question and concern specifically about tech and kids. Me being, I don't know how old any of us are. I'm 25. It was not very long ago that I was in high school um, and middle school even. And I want to say this, kids and phones, it's not going away. So I don't know who is thinking about like, it's not going away for adults either. So what we need to do, I think, because I talk about this a lot, is we need to meet kids in the middle today where if you're gonna want them to do what you want them to do educationally, you have to do it on their means. This is the problem with eBooks, okay? And why virtual reality books, if it's Pika or somebody else, will eclipse anybody trying to read on an, on an iPad. It's because of what you said, Diana. Kids do other stuff on, on phones and iPads. When you're on an iPad, you're always thinking about, dude, I could be on YouTube hitting Fortnite vids. I could be hitting anything else right now um, other than this stupid eBook. And when you're in virtual reality, it's a lot different. Take it from me who's, who is with these kids every day. But these kids, when they're in their headsets, it's all they're doing. Parents, obvi right. it's super obvious to them that 
there's no distraction. They're just hitting the, every star. And I always make this joke. I'm like, hey, look, if uh, you had a plane full of kids like this, I think it would be super awesome and, and not stressful. Um, my last, I said it was three. The last piece of this, we're doing testing. Like I said, we're doing testing now, not only in Jasper County, but in Idaho and Nampa. That's actually where I want to go because that's the most exciting stuff that I'm learning from our, our research right now. So kids, especially ELL kids, right, ELL kids, they get read aloud to, especially the first graders who is our target market right now. So in fact, we have only one of our books in an ELL class right now. Um, and this is what the teacher has to say. Not only is the data showing this, but she's very excited for this one reason. She says, when you have, when you're reading aloud stuff to ESL kids, they, they miss a lot of the verbs. So they get a lot of the nouns, but they'll miss a lot of the verbs to the point where she has to act out some of these things. When you can make context clues happen, like we did in what I just showed you, where the dragon's just like low-key roaring, this is really helpful. And I'm only talking about a certain age range right now. In specific, I'm very interested in how this is super helpful for kids who are still being read aloud to. This is picture book age kids. So I don't think we're hindering any imagination by showing them images. I would, I would imagine that in like a longer book, but you know, in the picture books, they're already there. We're just helping them engage with it more than just being dictated to and shown to. That's just my take on it. We're really excited about the ESL use case. I'm excited. Like you, you sell it 100% and you know that. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. I think it sells itself. I mean, it I, does. This, is, this is what I thought about in 2016. Not much has changed. Exactly what you just saw. That's what our first book looks like too. And when we made one page of it and it's just working. So I have no issue. I have no reason to change some of these things uh, until like we're, we're, we're in market one. We've been working on this for three years. So it just happened to be that this is the culmination of all these things. We're able to ship this with three different books. Um, and so again, I'm, I'm excited to find out what happens when we're out in market too. I think we're going to get a lot of different feedback than the parents who pay a lot of money to already be at PAX Cypher. You I definitely see that this is going to branch into a lot of different areas. I think that it's even going to be able to talk about difficult conversations that Great. you know sometimes yeah. adult and children have a gap in communication in certain wow, areas. Yeah. I think that this is definitely going to bridge that gap in a really big way. I see so much growing potential with this original idea. And you know, if you guys get the board of education to put a stamp on this and to say, you know, this is what it is, you you are blessed, Tony. You're gonna... Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, and yeah. and so I think what's exciting ladies is there's a whole educational component to this that's so important to us obviously it branches out as the platform grows uh the kind of content that's on there so what i hopefully articulated for you is pika is an, a mobile app that has vr content for kids the thing is there's no vr content for kids yet and i, I say that squarely because i'm paranoid about it you can imagine over the last three years there's still no vr for kids and not only so we're kind of making the netflix for vr for kids but we're also making the movies is that is that that makes sense yeah so, so imagine this that's a big bet that we're making and hopefully and so far we're getting a little validated on it we'll find out when we go to market but soon enough i don't I'm not worried about other people making other books for pika yeah pika's in a the book content for pika is not only going to go wider it's going to go deeper where we go grade levels and subject matter i want right. other people to be able to make their own books on pika too that's the whole model so if i didn't explain Parents, it's like an arcade for learning. So parents buy tokens and then they give their kids a token. So it's hands off after that. Now the kid can choose what kind of books he wants to, or he or she wants to jump into and the, and the spending is controlled. Okay. So that's, that's one way I want that to make sense. And then it's really easy for us to revenue split with authors. That's how we license this content. Half the tokens that are spent on you or whatever the deal is, 
it's really easy to split after that. So that's how the app works. But imagine when anybody can put their books on there, right? Or, and this is probably, probably the most exciting part about Pika. Once it's not about books anymore and we're taking kids on field trips or into the cell, what I think is exciting about Pika is not only being the Disneyland for all of VR, which is definitely a mission of mine, but also, but also to let any teacher, any mom be Miss Frizzle. Like, let me take you into that freaking cell. Let me take you into the stomach <laughs> to show you why we ain't eating Cheetos today. That's exactly, yeah. the, that's exactly the future that Pika can provide any parent or teacher. Right? I love that part. It was really the best cartoon ever, if you really think no, about no, it. No, no, no. <laughs> And the beautiful part about Pika is you can make a freaking Miss Frizzle land if you want on Pika. Like that's something we can do virtually and faster than Disneyland could if they wanted to. So I think that's awesome. Like, and I love the idea of where the spending is controlled because parents most fear sometimes is like those apps and the, the kids spending. And what's Kanye yeah. West's tweet about that? Like Apple should never allow children to just buy in-app purchases. Wow. In you know Kanye tweet that I don't, that's rare. And I'm <laughs> I know. about that. So that's nice that the parent has control in providing the child. Right. The parent has control and the kid has agency over what he, he or she right. chooses what he wants to read. Because that's, that's one thing we picked up from Scholastic, which was you, you need to let the kids choose what they're reading or oh, yeah. right. you're not going to get the outcomes you want on the other side at any time. So Accountability. Like if you waste your tokens, you waste your tokens. It is what it is. It's real life. Like yeah, when you went yeah. to the Scholastic bookings and when you had to show up and you had like $5 to buy yourself a book at Scholastic, and oh right, right. Spent it for something dumb. Your mom would have been like, "You're not going to the book fair the rest of the <laughs> the week." Yeah, well, like that so is what exactly. it is. Exactly, and yeah. Also, if your mom's keep telling you, "Dude, you need to read. You need to read." Like my cousin Samari, he's probably not going to read. Like it's probably going to be like, "I'm just going to say it, and then let me go play Fortnite now." That's every single kid in America is doing that. That's stasis. When we were kids, we fucked with the book fair. We really liked going to the library. We liked playing outside. It's just different. So I want parents to understand, especially that we're going to be, I don't know if any of you have kids, we're going to be parents one day soon. Like that's the, this is the world that we live in. Let's play on their terms of these kids that don't even exist yet. So we can get ahead of some of these things that we see other parents lament over every day for their kids. Right. <clears throat> these are the same parents who pacify, I get angry because these are the same parents <laughs> asking me. These are the same parents who pacify their kids with the iPad at the restaurant. Yeah. And right. you want to wonder why your kid's playing Fortnite every day. I'll tell you why. <laughs> tell, that's the milk you fed You are creating a solution to all of these zombies that we've created. They're just all zombies. And I'm one of them. And I'm one of them. So what, yeah. what's exciting is it, this is also the way I read. I'm an I'm, I'm a avid reader because I'm an English major. But I live in a world where I'm, look, I'm reading on my phone. And I, I am also thinking about Twitter and Instagram and everything else on there. I get push notifications. So I, I listen to my audio books and my, everybody that hangs out with me thinks I'm odd for this, but it's true. And I, there's a setting for it. So I'm not that odd. You can listen to the audiobook while you read, keeps you on pace, keeps you into it. That's what's happening on Pika, but you're also not in your living room anymore. You're in a cave. So right. that's, that's a whole lot of different things happening. And the beautiful thing is, I probably said that a number of times, there's only two books so far. So imagine what, after we figure out what the 10th book looks like, it's, everything's changing. So very right. excited about that. I'm super, like I said, I was super intrigued just by your posts and your announcements and things like that. And that I haven't seen you in a while. So hearing you talk about it and all your enthusiasm, and I know you put passion into everything that you do. Like, yeah, thank you. super makes all the sense in the world and makes me excited for you. So for the, in, for the app, when it launches, do you have to purchase the app? Is there purchase? Is it free? Or is it just inside the app? Yeah. Is free? 
Purchase Great app. question. No, free app. Um, also free tokens. Like I said, there's tokens. Uh, everybody who signs up is going to get free tokens. Um, when you want, when you sign up, you don't need no code from this podcast, but maybe I'll furnish the po- podcast with the code. Um, I'll say this though. Uh, you, you don't, you need a headset to do this stuff, right? So you need, a, not a, not a Pika headset, but you just need a virtual reality headset. You can get a Pika headset, PikaVR.com slash shop. You don't need a Pika headset though. I want to be clear about that. Do any Amazon, there's a lot of less than $10 headsets on Amazon you could use. You're like but an it, educator. Is there like a different plan for yeah, that's the good question. membership? If this is something that's interesting to you or somebody you know who might be an educator or a parent of a kid who's in school who doesn't like to read, uh, you need to hit Pika up because we want to put these in schools right now. So we're already live in a number of schools in South Carolina, also in Idaho, and also right here in Seattle. Um, if you want to do this, this is what it kind of looks like. It's, uh, we're, I, I think I said this a moment ago you're, or a little while ago, you're, you're, you're buying headsets, phones, headphones, um, and then we put, the, we put the books on the phones for you. Also, you're going to get hardcover books as well, so you can do a little bit of the project-based learning if you want. Um, cool. call us because we work with your grants and stuff to figure that out. I love it. Um, and so what's the, so have you started like having more illustrators reach out to you? Or are you still in that process of partnerships and things to kind of put yes. more books in there? Good question. Hey, I want to take my time on the podcast to say, if you write books, especially if it has to do with minorities, please hit me up. Okay. If it looks like any of us or somebody <laughs> else. Like hit me up because I we, we want to make books like that. We want kids to see what they look like in books. Yeah. Also, That's to answer your cool. question, no problem. We're not in a shortage of, of, of authors or books. We work with a lot of independent authors. So I can go to the community when I know the kids want a T-Rex book. I say, hey, who has dinosaur books? And boom, 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 boom. We are at the mercy of resources, right? So, and this is not something I'm asking the podcast, but that's what we're up to. We're building our capital chest right now. And I should say, this is exciting for any entrepreneurs. I have a, a good job. I just put my four weeks in. So July 4th is my last day. So we can go do some Pika stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I have no remorse on it. I've been stacking my ducats. It's time. Go so, ahead. Yeah, that's the that's answer. That's what's up. That's the answer. And it's yeah. not to say I was not freelancing for a lot of this until I met Marley, where I, I was kind of just supporting Pika through the full-time job. But hey, bye. It's Listen. Time. <laughs> and the reason why I'm happy for you too is because on your birthday last year, that's right, was the on day my birthday we last got, year we got so laid off. off. I got I I was one of the fortunate few that had like four weeks left. I got the same job at a different company at the end of those four weeks. But the whole time, I as an entrepreneur, I, and Marley knows this is why I'm on the podcast. Even at New Alchemy, I said this is my side job. <laughs> it is. I'm not the we work with you. This is my side job. <laughs> Because it is. Everybody knows that. And you should feel that way too if you're an entrepreneur. You're lying to yourself if you go put all your energy. If your first slack is your is your day job slack, I call it my pay job slack, then you're lying to yourself. You gotta be your that's you true. gotta be your you're lying to yourself. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's no, that's that's true. And you did you're right. Your full time job should be your side hustle because your side hustle is what's making it's you about it. It's not for everybody. If that's what you if that's, that's, that's a fact. That's the fact. If that's what you're doing, yeah, you got to prioritize it in your own mind. Otherwise, nobody else can take you seriously. Of right. course. Yeah. Of course. Your passion is, is just oozing out of here. Like, we just we feel it. Like, don't worry Good. about it. I have something to share. Good. <laughs> listen, listen, just, I know your passion for it, and I know that this is going to be extremely successful, and the impact that it's going to have on those kids out there 
and the parents who need help and especially in those areas that you've already impacted mm-hmm. um and have you seen any increase yet have you received any data yet from those areas yes, that have been from testing the biggest one is nampa idaho this is where i got all that esl data um wow. it's wild the three esl students in her regular class is what made her realize i should take this to my esl class and that's where that data kind of just blew up blew up so these three esl kids stood out among all these other kids the testing we do for those of you who don't know what esl is is english is your second language classes thank you right and also also ell which so boom we do a test with kids get read aloud to and then they do a test and then the kids do the vr only and then they do a test two separate groups uh-huh. and so very preliminary because none of us have a phd i don't know how to set those things up but we're working with all these teachers to kind of figure out very with limited resources how we can do some of this testing and give us some signal to where we should commit resources to actual testing so those are some of the more preliminary data points i have that are very exciting to us is how we can be helping kids who are you know uh have a second language as english so so before we let you go michael um obviously we met through the blockchain cryptocurrency world i'm out of that world right now um but both diana and i are still super intrigued within that world because we okay. both participated in it so i want to ask you what is your thoughts or like what's the current market look like what is the current state state of cryptocurrency um yeah what the future is looking like with that this is not financial advice i don't i don't advise financially i don't know nothing about that i'm not a lawyer or a financial advisor or am i registered to deal in securities of any kind however this is my opinion on on cryptocurrencies right now um it's a good time uh it's a good time to be in crypto um but you need to understand what's happening so um number one the best advice anybody can give anybody regarding crypto is to if you just learn about either bitcoin or ethereum that's going to help just like startups if you understand a startup and what they do you're going to understand so if you understand the startup that that's diminutive but the startup of bitcoin or ethereum you can learn a lot about why you want to invest or why not okay but without doing that first and foremost we are at the end a lot of people are saying end of a bear market so for those of you that are listening i don't know a bear market is when things are going down okay and a bull market is when things are going like you know boom like bull run right so up into the uh, so or right so what people are saying right now is that we are at the end of a bull market. I'm going to use the not the Bitcoin price, but the Ethereum price to help you understand that. So, Ethereum is around when it opens around ten dollars. I'm going to just use this reference point, ten dollars. There's a point in Ethereum cycle where it goes from ten dollars to four thousand dollars, or sorry, four hundred dollars. Excuse me, four hundred dollars, and then comes back down again. That's an important cycle in the Ethereum life cycle. Right now, these are this is what pundits are saying. Our $40 or sorry, $10 was the, the recent $80 price point. And right now we're at about 250, right? And about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we were at 150. And two weeks ago, we were at 280. This is why it's scary to jump in. And I want you to understand a couple of things before you even try. But people are saying we still have a, quite a ways to go till we get to the 400 point of our cycle right now. But people say we're just at the beginning of that. So how, how do I want to explain this? If you are somebody who has a little bit of extra money that might be interested in investing, um, I want to prescribe you a strategy like this, especially as you're learning. Don't put it all in right now. Like don't, especially whatever all is to you. I don't know what that means. Don't do it. Do it at a certain, this is called dollar cost averaging. So 
if you had dollar cost averaged $50 every paycheck over the last year, your average cost for Bitcoin might be something between even up till now where it's $8,000 almost. It might have been between $3,500 and $4,500, like your average price for Bitcoin. This is the magic of dollar cost averaging. You pick it. This is challenge by choice. You pick a period of time. It could be every paycheck. It could be every week, every month, where you're going to buy this part of a Bitcoin, part of a Bitcoin, part of an Ethereum, and you're going to put $100, whatever, at that uh, point price point, no matter what the price of Ethereum or Bitcoin is. And it matters to have discipline about that because at the end of the year, you're probably going to get a pretty good price. Sorry, my internet's unstable. You're probably going to get a pretty good price uh, by the end of the year related to if you had bought in a thousand here, 500 here. Um, so nobody can time the market. So this is when people say hodl. This is my other piece of advice. If you're buying, don't be hella looking at the prices. You barely, and I'm talking to myself here, you barely know what you're talking about when you're looking at these prices. A few select people move this market by making trades. Everybody knows that. So, so many other people spend a lot of time pouring over these markets. Same goes for stocks. So don't be a trader. Just hold that stuff. And at certain times when you see a lot of Twitter action going, you can sell if you want. But the whole idea for me is I've accumulated over, I'm not going to say how much, I've accumulated a number of Ethereum uh, over the last year. Um, and if you're, if you're in my mind right now, even if you have some Ethereum, you don't want to sell. Even though I bought my base or my probably my middle price of Ethereum is at like 150. I did this all in Gemini, by the way. Use Gemini. Um, right now it's at 250, 280. Like I don't want to sell because I, I believe because I know what the startup of Ethereum, why it could go to a thousand again. It's been 1400 before, right? And again, these cycles matter. Mm -hmm. So we can learn a lot from these cycles, like the one I told you, 10 to 400 and 80 to X. Like that's that cycle that we're in right now. Bitcoin's following the same exact cycle it did. That's why we can feel like we can follow that cycle too. I don't know if any of that made sense. And I hope some of it did. This is kind of just think, talking about how to invest because I don't want to have to teach anybody right now about the science of the blockchain. No, unless no, they no. want to learn. Unless you want to well, learn. But... No, the science of the blockchain is actually something that people are going to have to learn no matter what. It's just something that's going to be the way contracts are kind of written and stuff like that. So even if you don't explain it now, like people should probably start Googling what blockchain is because it's me, really yeah. just what it is. You said it right there. So this is a big idea. It's trustless. Like I don't need to, I don't need a bank to, to, to trust, let somebody believe that I have this money because I'm just sending it to them. I don't have to proxy through a bank. This is a big idea because for people like us who have access to banks, it doesn't really matter. It's really easy for me to just use Venmo for the rest of time and not make any of this matter. This matters for people who have, hella bad credit scores or don't have banks. And especially for those who don't have banks, not in America, I'm talking about Afghanistan, especially women in Afghanistan and those kind of countries who will never have their own kind of bank account because of the religious oppression even, right? Let alone the kind of uh, modernity of their community. So this is why Bitcoin and Ethereum and kind of crypto is exciting for those kind of people. You get to, you start paying people in a global borderless currency without a bank that everybody owns their own keys is their own money. Like the whole idea of that, even if you don't really understand, you can probably get why that's super exciting for people who don't have banks in a whole global ecosystem of work and in an economy outside of an economy owned by banks right now. It's really interesting. It also enables like reputation. So like an identity, like if my credit score, imagine this, if your credit score is in a decentralized ownerless database, that is curated and secured by everybody who uses it 
this is provides you a credit score that Equifax can get hacked into that you are maybe self-sovereign in what you're pushing towards the chain and what you want part of that report. It, and it follows you no matter where you go, not just what's recognized by America's Equifax. This is an exciting, this is an exciting world that we're just at day one of. Bitcoin is only 10 years old. When the internet and when the computer was 10 years old, civil rights looked a lot different. I just want us to put that, us in that kind of world, right? Like that was, we're 20, 10 years away from the beginning of Bitcoin. Dude, clock in. Even if you're just listening to the podcast and hearing this, clock in today because you don't want to be the dude asking about how do you download the, how do I change the brightness on my screen on my iPhone? Don't be that dude. Get early because we have so many resources available to us to do this and it's cheap. So, I mean, I think a lot of it is acceptance in a lot of ways and a lot of people just don't, especially like, for example, I had a conversation with my dad earlier. He's like anti this conversation. He's like, oh, sure. it's crap. This, this digital nonsense, what matters is paper. That's real life. Sure. You know what I'm saying? A okay, building, yeah. you know what I mean? So that's like the old school, you know what I mean? So it's like, I think a lot of the, the hurdle right now is acceptance of understanding that this might be, you know, the new Google, you know what I mean? The new, the new www.com era. There you go. Closer to that, right? Like it, for Bitcoin, they want to be... Um, they, a lot of these coins have similar interests, but Bitcoin and Ethereum, they, they want to be the world's money. So kind of what I just described to you is, and Bitcoiners see this very easily, but a world without cash and is replaced by one currency is really that everybody owns, makes things a lot easier, like in your head. Now, I see that vision for cryptocurrency. It's also the one I just told you about the unbanked. Yeah, but I also that. see the government being terrified of that. I see, so let me tell you, yeah, right, I'm, I'm with you. The part that I'm, it, because of that, I think that we're going to be, we're going to have a very hard time improving UX. So anybody trying to figure out how to own their own keys, they're all going to be scared about it to the point where governments need to protect people because they don't know how to protect their own assets. That's where, until we fix this UX challenge where it's really hard to, and scary to uh, people even that are really smart and own a lot of Bitcoin, they're getting their SIMs jacked, if you've ever heard of that, where they can call T-Mobile and just steal all of your crypto that way. Yeah. Like, I understand why people like, I don't think farmers are going to use Bitcoin in 50 years. I'm going to be the first guy who owns Bitcoin to say that. I don't think it's in our lifetime vision that somebody on a farm is going to send me some Bitcoin if they want to buy services from me. It's going to be in some Venmo like aspect where all of it's obfuscated away, but you still own and Okay. I need to pause for a second because yeah, I hope that made sense. Anybody listen to that? It's, you should at least get how excited I am about it because it's something to Google. Like Diana said, Google that. I think that, and like you said, like the acceptance is the hardest part because I was in, like I had a foot in that industry, in that realm. I had a better understanding and more accepting of it. And it became real life to me. So for those who don't have it in real life, participating or having those conversations, it takes a little bit harder. And some people see it as a facade. Right or like as a moment kind of thing that yeah, you know, that's wrong. They need to understand what hype cycles are in tech. Like a hype cycle. This is bare bull markets. Like a hype cycle. For those of you that don't know the heart, the Gartner hype cycle. I'm gonna make it very clear, and I'm gonna use iPhones and Palm Pilots to describe it. So right here, it's like all right. This is I'm getting excited about the the, the idea of Palm Pilots and, and mobile and and touch, and we're at Palm Pilot right here, and then it goes all the way down. And what we call this is a trough of disillusionment. That's where we just were with crypto post ICO boom, boom, mm. all the way at the bottom of trough of disillusionment. That's also when Pika started in VR. All the VR that shipped didn't really deliver. We start building right there. 
Okay. Yeah. I want everybody to realize that we are in the end of the bear market, in the end of the trough of disillusionment right now of crypto at large. At the last bull run, we didn't have Cash App where you could buy all this Bitcoin. Any of these big companies working on Ethereum, they're so easy to get Bitcoin in, in Ethereum right now. I'm excited for anybody who can clock in to right now, not because you can make money, but because this is the future. And along the way, there's different ways to make money, just like anybody who clocks in to early technology. You can't look at it through any other lens than the lens you look at first wave technologies with. WWW, internet, right? You, have to, you can't look at it like the Uber model. It's not. It's people talking about the internet like it's not ever going to happen. That kind of talk. And there was an article Talking. this week that said something. Facebook is coming up with something. Uh, informed it's the currency with the twins. They're going to come up with uh, Facebook currency where they can, you can purchase things only on Facebook through Facebook with their own currency. I mean, I think it's brilliant in my opinion. But. I mean, yeah. It, I, it's just we have to, everyone got to keep up and keep in pace. Thank you, Michael, for your, uh, your insight. Yo, listen, I'm sorry if any of that didn't make sense. Tell at the least, people. At least open yourself to the conversation. Except, yeah, except the invite to the convo. That's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Michael, tell people how to find you, how to find Pika, um, how to get in contact with you, all the handles, all that stuff, all that good stuff Great. going on. Listen, you don't yeah. need to follow me. Don't follow me. Follow Pika, and that's Pika V R P E E K A V R. Pika V R. That's everywhere Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and dot com. And at PikaVR.com if you want to hit Michael Wong or Michael at PikaVR.com for whatever reason, I'm there too. Um, support the ACLU, um, everything else like that. Read more books, people. And thank you, girls, for or ladies, for having me so much. I wow, I it's very indulgent for me to have a conversation like this. So thank you. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. I still have to finish the book you recommended to me. I'm a terrible. You're gonna love it. It's okay. You're gonna love it. I promise. So he thought about me because the, the character and the, and the writer actually of the book is Dominican. He's oh, you yeah, mentioned dude. it. Yeah, you Oscar, mentioned it. The Brief and Wondrous Life of Oscar Wilde by oh. Juno Diaz. It was just on Jeopardy the other day too, so people know about it. Read it. Yes. I got to finish it. Thank you, Michael, again. Thank you for all your insight. Congratulations on Pika and all the great things it's about to do. And my four-week notice. And your four-week hey. notice. <laughs> Real entrepreneurship out here. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Take all care. Right. Be well. Bye. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. Hey. Bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Michael Wong. <laughs> <laughs> Fun guy. Very interesting. Big brain. You know what I mean? Yeah. And very insightful because I'll tell you, my first day of work, I don't know what I was doing and where I was and what was happening. And that young man walked into a presentation the first day of, of my day, walked into a client's presentation and said, yo, what's up? Here's what's popping. This is what you're going to do. And I was like, who is this kid? I loved him. Very cool. Nice energy. In that. And I, I love people who want to use tech to help society. I love that. You know what I mean? Because regardless of how much millions he's going to eventually make from this idea, like it's really helping. You know what I mean? It's helping the education system. It's helping kids. It's helping um, people with learning disabilities. You know, I see this becoming even a way for people to learn a second language. You know, like this is going to really be something. It's yeah. pretty awesome. Fascinating. Um, good stuff and good thing to know people who are out there in that tech world about to make that money, that millions. Although shmoney. it's not about that. It's not about shmoney, that. Shmoney. But money's happening. And all right. So before we wrap up, we obviously do our recommendations of the week. <laughs> and you want to start this week? 
Sure. Um, I am going to uh, do a Netflix recommendation. Um, hint, hint, Netflix, pick us up. We should be like your official first podcast. Sponsorship buttons around think, and ads. I mean, like we are going hard on Netflix. So it's like, we need you Think about it, Netflix. The Netflix podcast with us will be a great combo. Amazing. But um, my recommendation is going to be a show um, that I don't think got as much like PR as like other shows. Because you've noticed now like, Netflix shows are like on billboards now. You know what I mean? And like they announce it like it's a movie premiere now. Like it's really awesome the transformation and the growth of Netflix. Because I remember when there was only documentaries on Netflix. So it's like it's amazing what, what it has become. So um the show is called Dead to Me. Hmm. And um I believe her name is Christina Applegate. Right? Oh yes. Um, she was in Married with Children, for those of you from back in the day who know who she is. She's awesome. Kelly. I also saw one of her old movies, um, Don't Tell Mom My Babysitter's Dead. I thought, oh my God, totally love that movie. Wow, I haven't seen that in years. <laughs> yeah, really awesome. For those of you who want to like watch something, it's on HBO right now if you have the app. Uh, um, <coughs> Dead to Me is a Netflix series. It's super good. Super good. And um, they haven't gotten as much PR, and I think it's worth the watch. Um, she's a good actress. It's a little intense. It has a lot of twists in it. And, um, yeah. And plus, uh, female leads are kind of, like, popular right now. So, yeah, it, it's a good show. Okay. Love that. I have to check it. Is it scary? No, it's not. It's, like, a little psychological. It's pretty good. I don't know if I can do psychological, but I'll give Oh, it my God, Marley, stop being a punk. Just watch the show. It's really good. <laughs> You're talking to a grown woman who still has a nightlight. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll, I'll see what I can do. Um, my recommendation for this week, um, I don't have one fully prepared. <laughs> okay. Womp womp. Womp womp. Uh, <laughs> my apologies. But I will say that go for a walk. I think that is my recommendation this week is go for a walk. So I've been working from home a lot more lately and I had a lot more free time on my hands and things like that. So I have scheduled myself and scheduled my mornings or afternoons. to just go for a walk, um, especially now that the weather, and I haven't told you guys about the weather lately, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't rained. And so soaking up the sun and just going for a walk, learning what I have in my neighborhood, what I'm surrounded by, what's going on, met new neighbors, dogs, and kind of just relieve some stress. And even if they're listening to music or nothing at all, I like not listening to anything sometimes. Um, gives you a little bit more room to think. And it's just a nice, easier workout than putting yourself through a strenuous workout. So just go for a walk. Nice. That is my uh, recommendation for this week. Get to know the environment you live in. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So that is that for this week. And don't forget to follow us on all platforms for at Fresh Mondays podcast. Uh, follow myself at lovemarley underscore L-U-V-M-A-R-L-E-Y underscore. And make sure to follow Diana. I am Diana C underscore. Make please Google us and you will find us, guys. We'll be more than happy to have you as a guest. If you guys want to participate in the conversation, let us know. 
If you guys want to recommend a friend and say, hey, I think this person has an awesome, innovative entrepreneurial story that I think will be great for the crowd and the listeners and will inspire, we would love to have them as a guest. Thank you so much, everybody, for reposting and for sharing our podcast and listening. And for those of you who watch us on YouTube, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um, the channel is there. And, you know, we I know some people like the visual part. I know we always aim to please with our smiles. So we are happy that you, <laughs> we're happy that you guys are watching. Um, remember, I'm in Miami and she right here. She's oh, old in, in Seattle, Washington. So we're in a connected space and we believe in um, making sure to make the country feel unified. Yes. Thank you guys once again and have a great Monday.